This episode of the Fresh Start Family Show is brought to you by our Quick Start Learning Bundle, how to build a compassionate, firm, and kind discipline toolkit that works with kids of all ages. Head to freshstartfamilyonline.com forward slash discipline to grab your Quick Start Bundle so you can get going today on building up a strong, compassionate, disciplined toolkit in your home. Well, hello, listeners. Welcome to the Fresh Start Family Show. I am your host, Wendy Snyder, positive parenting educator and family life coach. Thank you for being here today. You are going to love this conversation that Terry and I had with Michelle Kinney Carlson, who is the founder of Peace and Parenting. And my goodness, you guys, Michelle is awesome. She's talking to us today about big, ugly feelings, and she has just so much good wisdom that you are really going to to love. So if you haven't already, make sure you subscribe to our show over on iTunes. And if you wouldn't mind leaving a review, uh, we'd love to hear what you think about our show. If our show has helped you in any way in your parenting walk, um, please just take a few minutes. Let us know. We love to read every single one of your reviews. Reviews help us get seen in the iTunes world. And the more we are seen, the more families from all over the world we can help and serve. So thank you in advance for leaving us a review. And I always love to have you guys tag me on social. If you are listening to an episode of the Fresh Start Family Show and you love it, screenshot it and then share. Um, I'm very active over on Instagram. You can tag me at Fresh Start Wendy and I love to reshare your post and just um, communicate with you a little bit over there and hear why you loved the episode. So thanks for listening, guys. Thanks for being here. Thanks for caring so much about your families. Without further ado, enjoy this episode. Well, hey there. I'm Stella. Welcome to my mom and dad's podcast, The Fresh Start Family Show. We're so happy you're here. We're inspired by the ocean, Jesus, and rock and roll, and believe deeply in the true power of love and kindness. Together, we hope to inspire you to expand your heart, learn new tools, and strengthen your family. Enjoy the show! Well, hey there, families, and welcome to another episode of the Fresh Start Family Show. Today, we are going to talk about sitting through big, ugly feelings. Mm. Mm. (laughs) (laughs) And we have the pleasure of sitting with Michelle Kenny Carlson today. Hey, welcome, Michelle. Welcome. Hi, how are you? We're good. All right, so you guys, um, this is going to be a really good episode. Um, Michelle is a parenting coach and educator, and um, she's she's amazing. She has a great perspective on parenting, and it's just fun, and um, I can't wait. I'm going to have you introduce yourself here in a second, Michelle. Um, but the four areas that we're going to talk to you about um, sitting through big, ugly feelings is going to be some ideas on what you can do and say when your kids are just having these kind of big, explosive moments. Or, or emotions, um, this idea of self-regulation and co-regulation, and then also what we are going to encourage you guys to take a break from doing and saying. So those are going to kind of be the four components that um, you can walk away with from today's episode. But Michelle, would you take a minute to introduce yourself? Tell us um, how you got on this wild ride of being a parenting coach. It's crazy. <laughs> but looking at your work, I feel like we have a lot of similarities um, in Michelle's bio over on Instagram, which I think is is your chosen platform that you love to be around, right? Yeah. She, yeah. She says, I'm a reformed yeller and control freak turned parent coach and podcast host. <laughs> 
<laughs> tell us more. How did how did you get here? Well, I just want to say thank you for having me, and so nice to meet you both. And I love your energy and just the way you come to parenting. It's so nice to meet people who are like minded. So thanks for having me. Yes. Um, yeah, this this work came to me very organically. I um, am a former teacher and high school counselor, and I thought that I would be an incredible candidate as a mom. And so my lifelong goal was to have children, and so I did. And once I had my second, I found myself, I think, depressed, really, and just at a complete loss as to how to handle two young kids pretty much on my own. And I ended up really moving straight into rewards and punishments because that's what I was taught as a teacher. And it's like you reward the good behavior and you punish the bad behavior. And my beautiful, strong-willed, lovely eldest was not having it. So she became, yeah. It's like the exact same story (laughs) of ours. She became the rebel and she had no cause. Her only cause was to inflict pain on her her younger sister. And so I went to bed most nights crying myself to sleep because I was, you know, punishing and rewarding and shutting the door on crying kids. And I just, I lost it. And so finally I found connective parenting and I couldn't believe what it did for me. And so I just moved into this like deep research, crazy person state and made it my life's work and ended up being a um, certified Uh, coach through hand in hand parenting. And that's who gave me my start. And then I found I am the founder of peace and parenting, which I've had for like five or six years now. And I help parents try to find a way just like I did. Oh, that is so cool. Yeah, I feel like we just became like positive parenting educator besties because we're basically have the same story. (laughs) It's like they'll just bring you to your knees. You have to change. Oh, my gosh. And I love this, like, idea of, like, this obsessiveness. um, Because I do think you have to, and I've heard you say this, that you have to have a really strong drive to change. Because change, if you are, you know, if you've gone down that route and you've gotten yourself into a pattern, um, it takes tenacity and perseverance. And you really have to want to change. And um which is where our strong-willed kids get it, right? Like they yeah. get that strong will from us. <laughs> That's right. She was showing me. Yeah, but, but this is an area where it comes in handy because I love it. All right, cool. And to tell us the ages of your kids now. So you got, is it 14 and 11? Is that right? Yep, 14 and 11, two girls. And um, it's been a wild ride. And I'm, I'm really excited for this next chapter. My daughter is entering high school next Aww. year. So. That's awesome. So you found this work when they were, what is they that? They were six, six and three. Six and three. Awesome. Yeah, we found it when Stella was like three and the baby was a newborn. And we thought, Terry probably thought I was going to go insane. Did you think (laughs) I was going to have to be like checked into the insane asylum or? Oh, man, I just knew it It was like, it was just way tougher than I ever imagined. Just because I thought, I don't know, I thought I was mildly prepared for it. And I thought I was like, oh, Wendy's totally prepared to be a mom. I'm like, she like you said, like, great mom candidate. Um, but man, it's totally different, um, when you actually go through it yourself. And then when, um, yeah, a lot of (laughs) similar, um, you know, characteristics and traits just kind of rise up in the form of a little human right back at you. And you're like, oh my gosh, (laughs) what am I going to do with that? Yeah. Yeah. The good, bad and the otherwise. Yeah. And the ugly feelings. Yeah. Big, ugly feelings. That's exactly right. 
But the good news is, is we also share in common how much this work has radically and positively transformed our lives. So, so much to celebrate, so much light um, to bring to listeners today. So, awesome. Well, thanks for introducing yourself and um, let's get right into it. So, when we were chatting before this episode and talking about what we should cover um, and you and you said this topic idea. I loved it because I think so many of the parents that um, I work with, whether it's through our Bonfire membership program, through weekly coaching, or our online foundations course, it's there's a point when it gets really scary to actually get a child through an emotional outburst without fixing, controlling overpowering, using fear and force. And I think that is like, once you can get yourself to a hump where, over the hump, I should say, where you actually understand that it's not weak to detach or it's not permissive to not like lay the smack down and make them stop, whether they're mm-hmm. like freaking out crying or or they're just, um, you know, there's all different versions of big, ugly feelings. Mm-hmm. But what we found in our own journey was that once we realized that we didn't need, so our all of our stories are about our oldest, Stella, um, who's 12 now. So we once we realized we didn't have to fix her or, you know, we just had to get her, empower her and teach her how to get through those like heaviness, that those like strong emotional um, times. And once we realized we could get her on the other side of it, it just, I think that's when everything changed. It's one of those pivotal moments in our parenting where everything changed. And we started to really see like, whoa, this kid is really starting to develop self-control now. And I see it all the time, um, with the parents I coach. Um, but it's gnarly, right? Like it's a, it's a gnarly thing. So kick us off with what can we do and say, and actually before we even do that, Michelle, let's like really get clear on like, give us some examples of what comes to your mind when you say, when you say sitting through big, ugly feelings. And we always like to like try to think of whether people have toddlers or they have kids that are a little bit older like ours, but like, tell us, paint the scene there of what we're trying to empower parents with this, this idea. You know, I think it can be any feelings. I know we're talking about big, ugly feelings, but it can also even just come in the way of like the red truck wasn't as good as the green truck. And all of a sudden we have the screaming child who wants the red truck so badly, but all we have is the green truck. And you're thinking in your head, like, this isn't that big a deal. Like, why are you, why are you crying? And I think that's the big thing for us is that we really have a judgment on why our child is crying or why they're upset. And in my mind, that red or green truck really probably isn't the issue. There's probably a deeper underlying thing going on. So what happens, what I believe happens is a lot of kids, you know, deal with upsets and hurts and those upsets and hurts kind of get stuck in their psyche. And maybe they didn't respond in the moment, you know, the brother or sister took a toy or, you know, they didn't get the dinner they wanted or they weren't allowed to stay out past 10 o'clock at night or whatever it is. And then at some point they get to a tipping point where they've had enough and all it can take is the truck. And so now they're upset. And so I think in that moment we have a really big choice. We can, we can stay in our, to ourselves. I can reason this away. I can say, Oh, but you, we have the red truck. We don't have the green truck. This it's okay. It's okay. It's okay. Or we can really just dig into empathy and say, I'm so sorry that the red truck isn't good enough. I understand I'm right here. And when we when we sit in that empathy, it almost creates more feelings. And so when, and when we create those more feelings, we're actually letting our child heal from all these other hurts. 
And so in the, it, and it's like the split second thing you have, and it can be something really big or it can be something really small, but it's just honoring a child's feelings in general, I think is the, is the bigger kind of overarching thing going on. Yes. And I think that's a good point too. So when we're talking about, you know, even the subject of this podcast, big, ugly feelings, we're not saying they're wrong. They just are, they feel uncomfortable, but they're not wrong. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, it's right. it's just what to do with some of these more uncomfortable ones when when they when yeah, they and I think they about. feel uncomfortable because we're we weren't raised like that, likely, right? We weren't right. raised where somebody said, "Oh, you're upset. Let me hear you," you know. And so <laughs> we we see it and we're like, "No, it has to go away," you know, like yeah. make it stop. And our society says, "Make it stop. I have to make it stop. If I make them calm down, I've somehow won." I've somehow right. you're in control. You're good. Parent. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. And everyone sees me as the good parent because my child's calm. Right. When in actuality, in my mind, tantrums are a good thing. Being right. upset is a good because you're like having a space for your ugly feelings. Yes. Yeah. And, and what happens on the other side of it is you realize that it's just a feeling, you know, like here at First Our Family, we always try to teach families just to start with the main five, you know, happy, mad, sad, hurt, and scared. Can you just start mm-hmm. teaching those right when your kids are little? Mm-hmm. And then once you realize as a parent, you can feel scared and not have to like run from it, but actually just yeah. feel it and get to the other side. Or you can feel angry and not have to like, grab a, a kid by his wrist too tight or slam a door. I'm still working on the door slamming thing. <laughs> Why am I still a door slammer after like... <laughs> yeah, what, one, Why? what, what was that? that a week or two ago? It feels one. good though, right? It <sighs> feels good to like... <laughs> He's like ratting. I know. What is that, right? But It was like half sad. at me and half at our daughter. It was like, I was like, ooh, a little bit of that slam was for me. <laughs> I like that. Though. At least you guys know. That's so cute. I don't even remember. Darn it. That's bad. But I but do I know. Too, we've never been given a space, right? So yeah. we still have this, like, we want to have our anchor, too. Yeah. And, and have someone listen to us where we've not ever been listened to. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so I love it. So when it comes to what to do and what to say, so you mentioned some things, but like this idea of empathy, like empathy is so powerful. And I love it because um, kids really respond, right? Especially (laughs) if you haven't been giving them empathy. And then all of a sudden, you're like, no wonder you're bummed. Like you love that red truck or no wonder you're bummed. Like all your friends are still out to 11. Like with Stella, we keep saying, I keep saying like, I know I get it. It's hard. Like all your friends have TikTok, all your friends have 24 seven devices at their hips and there's they have like that must be hard to see them Mm -hmm. all like in their bedrooms texting till midnight and you have to like plug yours in and it's not allowed like but Mm -hmm. I think I think they just they feel heard and understood let's chat for a hot sec openly and honestly about what your discipline toolkit looks like in your home right now if you're anything like most parents you're relying on the hand-me-down set you inherited timeouts, spankings, threatening of spankings, taking iPads away, three, two, one countdowns, groundings, taking away toys, e-bikes, iPhones, any or all of those kind of tactics that create a total relationship strain and don't even work long-term to end your child's misbehavior for good. Meaning you might spank your child or send them to timeout today for being air quotes mean to their sister or disrespecting you, 
but then three days from now, they're repeating the same misbehavior, which causes you to flip your lid because you know they know better. I want to help you learn a new way so you could end the vicious cycle that's keeping you stuck as a parent and causing you to feel super frustrated that nothing is working to get your strong-willed, stubborn child to behave better. My team and I have recently completely refreshed our Compassionate Discipline Quick Start Learning Bundle to help you learn a new way to teach your kids important life lessons, a new way to help your children learn from their mistakes and take responsibility for their actions. You can just DM me the word shift over on Instagram. I'm at Fresh Start Wendy, and I'll personally send you a message with a link to download this free bundle. I'm going to help you shift out of a punishment mindset and into a compassionate discipline one where you fully trust that connection-based firm and kind discipline tools are all you need to be a strong leader in your home who holds your kids responsible when they misbehave, but does it in a way where they are learning the vital life skills they are missing when they mess up. So again, just DM me the word shift over on Instagram. I'm at Fresh Start Wendy, or you can head to freshstartfamilyonline.com forward slash discipline to grab your free bundle now. I am so excited for you to shift out of feeling guilty and shameful when you lay your head on your pillow at night and shift into feeling confident and proud of the way you handled yourself as a parent, even when you were wildly triggered and upset about the mistake your child made. Okay, I'm excited for you to dive into this free resource. I'll see you in my DMs and inside the free discipline bundle. Well, I think I think in in my mind too, it's like coming alongside your child, like almost like coming down to their level, looking them in the eye. You can show empathy and also speak empathy and you know verbalize empathy, but I think you can really show empathy by your body language and by the way in which you're looking at your child, eye contact and really being present with them. I know with little kids like I like to get really down on the floor and say I'm right here and look look them in the eyes and let them know that I'm there for them. I like there's a few key phrases I like to say like I'm never going to leave you when you're upset. Mommy's yes. always here. Um I know this is really hard. Um, my old, my youngest likes to say like, I hate tantrums. I hate this. I don't know why I'm doing that in the middle of her tantrums. She'll always say those things. (laughs) And she's like, I'm losing all my control, mom. I'm losing it. I don't know why. And I just say to her, you know what? Your body's doing the best thing for it. You're healing yourself. Nice. This is okay. You're, you're doing great. Like almost encourage them. Like you're doing great. You're going to get through this and I'm right here. I'm not going to leave you. That's so beautiful. Well, yeah, and I think another way to to say it, and not that this only relates to the dads, because, but it's like just being on the same team as as them, like because the the other way, like like you were saying, like the fixing, even though it seems innocent enough, but it it comes across as opposition. Like it's like, yeah. don't feel that way, don't do that. There's nothing wrong with the red truck. It's like you're right. you're now you're sitting across from them in opposition as opposed to coming beside them and being like we're on the same team. That's right. I think you're so right. And I think it's like, it's almost telling them like, you don't have a right to have your feelings. Because if we just fix this, then you don't need to be upset. If you just take my adult perspective, that the red truck is okay, then everything's okay. So no reason to be upset. So it's almost like saying you don't have a right. Yeah. Mm, I love that. Yeah, and that somehow too, like especially the hardest ones are like when this is out in public too, it's like you're saying like, Somehow all these strangers and the way they view mom and dad is more important than what I'm going through. Yeah. 
Totally. That's a really hard one, I think, is having a tantrum or an upset in public. Yeah. It's like it's you feel everyone feels I feel and I think especially new parents feel so judged, you know, like everyone's looking at them like you you better get this under control. You know, yeah. you don't yeah. know what you're doing kind of thing. And it's hard as a new parent to, to feel that and not to know, like, am I doing the right thing? Yep. What's going on here? Yeah. And we've had whole episodes just on like that subject, too. And it's so funny how like the voices in your head go always to like the worst when really there's a lot of times there's somebody watching that not always, but sometimes will come up to you afterwards and be like, wow, the way you handled that was so amazing. Like, I wish I could have done that or wish my parents would have done that with me. And so not that it's about seeking approval from strangers, but But usually the voice isn't (laughs) true. (laughs) Come on, somebody just tell me. I need somebody somewhere. Yeah. I am a freak in public. Like my kids are probably so embarrassed by me. That just the other day on the trail, to oh my, my little guy was like, "You say hi to everyone, mom." But it, I'll be in Target. We live right next to Target, and and there'll be like a mom, and she's having like the worst time ever, and yeah. I'm just like across the aisle, like you are doing a great job, like yeah. you are killing it, like hang in there, you're doing awesome. I know because you know we've all been there in that bad place, and it doesn't yeah. feel good. It really feels really hard. Yeah. Uh, well, as we're talking, I love it. I'm so at the time of this recording, we're in the middle of this whole Corona mess where our biggest thing in life often is, but really is right now, um, is the sibling stuff, right? So I'm thinking how we can apply that in our own life with our nine and 12 year old. And even just mm-hmm. last night with like, they're fighting. Some days they've been really good lately, but in general, they do butt heads a lot. They're two strong-willed kids. Um, and I'm just thinking like how great, cause Terry and I are always trying to like detach and, and just let them work it out. But that's, that's our biggest vice right now. Um, yeah, that's or not a, vice, but um, that's a tough one when feel. like the, the big ugly feelings come out in that, because then as soon as you come alongside one of them, it's like you're ganging up on the other. But, but, but yeah. like <laughs> that, that concept of like, I know this is really hard for you guys and you got this. Like, yeah. I know this is hard and you're doing great. Yeah. Keep going. Like last night right. we had a, we had a debacle with the, what's it called? Oh, the game? cornhole game. The cornhole game. game. Yeah. And it all worked out. We did it. We did it. Um, and it was actually a really cool moment. There's a lot of cool stuff that happened within that conflict negotiation. But um, but one of them is I think we could have done a little bit more of this and it would have been really effective. I'm yeah. just telling them instead of like, dude, stop it. So yeah. anyways. Yeah. Empathy is good. I think in that too, like I'll, Esme will say, it's so mean. I'm like, I know, I'm sorry. Even though, you know, I may not agree or disagree. I just try to take my own opinion out of it. And I say, I'm so sorry you're feeling like that. I get it. Sisters are hard. I understand. You know, and it's like letting them feel validated, even if you like my in the back of your mind being like, yeah, well, you shouldn't have like right. nudged her on your way to the, to the kitchen or whatever it is. Exactly. But just having empathy for that feeling, even if we don't agree with it. And I think that's a big thing, too, like taking our judgment totally out of it, because like with siblings, that relationship has been going on for, what, 10 years, whatever it is. And so it's like there's always somebody doing something in the background we're not going to know about. Right. And so it's like, how do I know that her nudging her in the in the kitchen wasn't a retaliation from her doing something, you know, touching her makeup, you know, three days ago? Yeah. Yeah. So, like, just having empathy for those feelings. <laughs> One of our dear friends, uh, her name's Susie Walton. She's a parenting educator also and who's trained me, who I studied under forever. But she would always joke, you know, she's like, you know, you don't know what's what's going on for them. She's like, you know, when they, like, 
yell at or like want to punch their brother in the face like sometimes it's just because they were born you know (laughs) it is right you took my spot i remember esme the first week we had pia she goes mom she has to go live with the neighbor she's took all my people yes oh my god okay michelle let's move on to self-regulation talk to us about that one or and so So, maybe self-regulation and co-regulation we can intermingle these together in our talk yeah, there's a lot of talk about, well, I'll go off on a tiny tangent and then I'll come back. Um, but there's a lot of talk about getting your kids to self-regulate. You know, everybody wants a mindfulness jar or a cool down corner or like a, kind of all these like gimmicky things to get our kids to calm down. And I'm of the mind where I don't necessarily believe those things are, are the, you know, the only way or the best way to get there, but that we can really be the models of regulating ourselves And they say, social scientists will tell you that 80% of what a child learns is what's modeled to them. So if we're modeling how to be regulated in tumultuous times, then that's the best way that we can teach our children to learn to self-regulate. But the problem with it is that society doesn't like is that it doesn't happen today or tomorrow. It's not going to happen for years. And you may be self-regulating in, in, you know, in hard times and showing them how calm you can be and how you can be there and how you can come with empathy. But you might not see the return on your investment for some time because it takes them a long time to learn that. And just think about it. We're not very self-regulated. We want our children to be more self-regulated than we are. And that's another thing, too. It's like if you're not showing self-regulation, there's no way you can expect it of your kid. Yep. Yep. And it takes them a while to unlearn what they've been taught, right? Yeah. We have yeah. A, yeah. So I, we have a like one of our printables one month in our Bonfair membership program. Do you remember it? You, you create these. It's like it's almost it's almost like the hardest task in life is actually unlearning what you've been taught versus learning new things. It's, yeah. you know what I mean? Well, you get um, stuck there, right? And so it's like just becomes habit almost your go-to. And so if you, you know, if in in hard times you're trying to squash feelings, then your kid might start doing that too or might start feeling afraid of their own feelings, might start thinking like, oh, my feelings are so scary for my parents. They must be scary for me. And so then they end up squashing them or they end up not being able to deal with them or whatever it is. But if you show them that they're safe, and that, that you can regulate in those moments, if you can be calm in those really hard moments, then you're showing them not only are you safe, but this is how you regulate. There's so many good lessons being learned. Beautiful. Yep. And I think it's so important for listeners to keep in mind that like, I don't, if you're new to this work or life coaching, positive parenting, education, whatever, it might feel like, well, what's the big deal? Like, just like keeping a feeling in what's the big deal? Well, there is detrimental things to keeping feelings in when when we don't feel our feelings, you know, um, I think all of us have a different take on it, but you know, in, in my side of life coaching stuff, it's like we, we end up doing, we teach that you end up doing protection behaviors, you know, that are, that are these things that, that are not the way you want to act. You feel guilty about it later. And then if you, you know, once you start studying it, you realize it and you, and you get support and tools to understand it. You realize that you were just protecting yourself often from feeling a certain way. So yeah. then if you become more fluent and like, hey, it's not a big deal to feel scared. It's not a feel big, t- whatever it is, then you don't mm-hmm. have to like do that protection to avoid the feeling anymore. So, yeah. um, so it's really important that we, we learn uh, what Michelle is talking about and then we, um, 
and you have to learn it first to model yeah. it. Um, but I, I always love love the idea of like doing it together, right? Like that. I remember back um, when Stella was three, three and a half probably, and I always tell the story. I won't tell it all now. But there was a, a pivotal, another pivotal moment where I realized that we were exactly in the same place of learning. So she had said to me many times, "I'm so mad." And I was like, yeah, I know. I can see you're mad, dude. Like, but why are you so mad? Right. Yeah. We're both freaking mad. And then like one day after like a really beautiful personal development weekend course, um, I heard her finally saying to me in her little three-year-old way, I'm so mad that I get so mad and I'm so scared because I don't know how to stop and I don't know what to do with this because I'm embarrassed and I'm shameful. And like, she didn't say all that, but I finally freaking heard her and I was like, oh my gosh, we're exactly in the same place and don't worry, we're together. Like, we're going to figure this out. And we've been on a journey over the last decade to do that. And we're not perfect, but we sure as heck have learned a whole lot together. But we, she's like my little angel where... I'm the hothead in the family, and and she was like, she came. (laughs) I know it's a surprise. Where she came along to like really bless me with this kind of co-learning environment where we we both have just come together and yeah, they change you into who you need to be if you let them. Awesome. Okay, so that's kind of self-regulation and co-regulation. And is there anything, Michelle, you would guide parents to? you know, we we talked about what to keep in mind and this idea that we want to model, but when it comes to actually teaching it to your kids, as far as self-regulation, what are your favorite go-tos? I really just use modeling. I just use modeling. I try to not have them, you know, get too far into like naming feelings or sometimes I feel like that distracts them out of the feeling that they're having is when they try to start to name it or or they're, you know, they're trying to intellectualize feelings because I think a lot of times kids don't even know why they're upset. They can't even figure it out and it doesn't likely matter. I mean, we don't know why we're upset sometimes. And so yeah. I just kind of let it roll. Nice. I but I've, you know, it's, it's been like an, you know, I've spent an hour listening to feelings <laughs> nice. with kids, just big, ugly, you know, huge upsets. Oh, I but they come it. through so much better. And so, and they feel so much better. And it's, you know, it's a really connective process when you can sit through a child's big tantrum for a very long time. That becomes this, like you've gone to war with this kid. Like you've seen the depths of their heart and their soul and you've been there and you've been empathic. And it's almost like when you see your best friend and you're upset and then you really start to cry, you know, when you can have that moment with your child, you're like, oh, wow, we, we we're this is something, this feels good. Oh. Gosh, that's so awesome. It reminds me of like the idea of just holding space for someone. So I love hearing you you say, you know, I don't even focus on teaching. I just focus on being there. And basically that what you're talking about to me is just holding space where you're just listening. You're listening and you're present. Mm -hmm. And you're not thinking about how to fix or change the future or um, you're just fully being there. I love that. Now, and you know, I think it's important to point out too. You know, listeners are in all different parts of their journey or awareness around that. So it's just like, oh, just go go model or hold space. Like you two have done years right. and years of work. Um, I think <laughs> this would be anybody who um, is like, oh, that sounds good, but I don't know how to do that or what. What is that? I think just dive deeper into, I mean, you found us here, 
You know, I think there's resources and I would just say this should prompt you to be curious to taking that next step in, in getting some, um, some tools or doing a course or listening to more <laughs> podcasts or, you know, whatever you have the capacity for right now. Um, because you don't just get to this by saying, oh, okay, I'm going to do this today instead. Families, I have a question for you. Would you love to be able to set really strong boundaries and rules with your children and then follow through with consistency and firm kindness? If yes, listen up. I have a program called the Firm and Kind Parenting Blueprint that I'd love for you to go check out. You can learn more over at freshstartfamilyonline.com forward slash firm and kind. Inside of this quick, easy to finish program, I'll teach you four steps to really setting those strong roles, but then following through in a way where you're using connection and firm kindness. And what I'll teach you will actually cause your children to want to cooperate with you because they truly respect you and value the rule and the boundary and understand how it serves them, not just something that they have to do or else. And it's just an incredible feeling when you go to bed at night knowing that you followed through on the rules and the strong boundaries in your home without relying on hand-me-down parenting tactics like fear, force, threats, yelling, harsh punishments that really create usually fear in your household, right? We want our children to listen to us because they respect us and because they understand why being part of the team, cooperating well, respecting rules, all those things, why that feels good as a human being. We want to do those things um, in ways that cause our children to want to respect us, not just because they're scared of us or a consequence. And that's exactly what I'm going to teach you inside this program. So again, head on over to freshstartfamilyonline.com forward slash firm and kind to learn more. But in under an hour, this program will teach you some really effective strategies on how to create agreements with your kids instead of compliance statements, which is where a lot of parents go wrong and why their children don't end up respecting the rules or the agreements that they've made. And then I'm going to teach you how to use empathy. I'll teach you how to engage your kids' critical thinking skills when you tell them to do something and they say no. And then I'm also going to encourage you to understand how to empower your children. When children feel empowered, especially strong-willed kids, they will cooperate a whole heck of a lot easier. Okay? So I want you to go learn about this program and let me know if you have any questions, freshstartfamilyonline.com forward slash firm and kind. Um, oh yeah, I thought I was going to. I was like, oh, I'm going to read all this stuff and I'm going to be super mom and then I'm going to go do it. And then yeah. I got to it and I was like, I can't listen to feelings. This is like, <laughs> I don't even know what empathy is. Like, yeah. I can't do this. But I see how graceful you are in this space now. And it's like, you're a great representation of what it looks like after you go in and do that. So I would just say, yeah. you know, parents, if you're listening to this and you're like, yeah, right. It's like, <laughs> no, you can. Right, you can. This exactly. is just what it looks like after you... After you dive in and you walk the yeah. walk and you... And you've um, done a lot of work. <laughs> yeah. And and really, you know, we use the word work, but right. what you're doing is, is you're you're really just prioritizing your family. You're saying that you're yeah. like, it's that statement of family first. You have one shot at this, prioritize it. Invest yeah. in your family. There's no dress rehearsal. No. You're coming to the show and you better yeah. show up with your lines partially memorized. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Yes, I love that, Terry, because, yeah, what we don't want, list, you know, our goal here at First Start Family is is to 
to make sure listeners are inspired and motivated and um, always invited into learning, right? We never, ever want you guys to be like, whoa, I could never do that. I'm not good enough. I'm not that patient or I could never. Like, I work with so many parents day in and day out that are like literally radically ending generational cycles and they it takes them freaking time and because they come every single week and get supported and coached and ask questions and then they fail and they try again but they're failing all the time and it's like this idea of getting comfortable with your failure and saying okay yesterday I tried to sit with those feelings when the toddler freaked out and I made it 10 minutes and then I freaked out. So now I'm modeling the freak out. And then I feel like it's easy to get into this downward spiral. But just know that tomorrow is like a new day. And so yeah. every time you do that, you're learning, okay, well, what did I do to make it 10 minutes? Whereas the day before I only made it zero. You know, it's like yeah. there's there's so much power in believing in yourself and just knowing that it doesn't happen overnight. And yeah. The I've wins my- come quick, too, for a lot of people. So, yeah. You know, yeah, yeah. You get a little taste of it, and then you're like, "Oh, okay, that feels good. I want to yeah. try it again, or whatever." But I tell my clients too. A lot of them will be like, "I don't know if I can sit through the feelings," and I'm like, "Then just in that moment, don't do it. Just don't do it. Just give right. yourself the grace to say, you know what? I'm not resourced enough to do this right now." I've said to my kids too. I know you have feelings. I want to listen to your feelings. I can't do it right now. I'm so sorry. Those feelings will wait for you. They will be there next time. (laughs) You know, they will be there on Friday. And so you can just know that when you are resourced and and able to, then then that's what you should just try to do. And maybe you only listen for a few minutes, like you said, and that's okay. We give ourselves all kinds of grace in this because it's really hard. Awesome. Oh, such a good point. Okay. Well, I think we're on our last point. So what to take a break from doing and saying. Tell us what not to do. <laughs> oh, I mean, I don't like saying this part, but it's. It, I think it is good. It's just like, you know, don't cry or, you know, you don't have oh, to be yeah. upset or, you know, mommy can do X, Y, and Z to make it better or, you know, distraction to like, oh, let's go, you know, let's go swimming, you know, instead. Right. Just like, it's really just kind of doing whatever you can to not have the feelings is what you should maybe stay away from is just try to like lean into the feelings as opposed to going away from them. Yeah. And I think sometimes people will, I I like to say like, you really wanted that cake, didn't you? And it's almost like some, someone said to me, isn't that mean? And I was like, it isn't mean. It's just truthful. It's just saying like, this is hard. You wanted it. I'm not, I'm not going to shy away from that. I'm going to almost like lean into your upset. So your child gets more upset. And a lot of people will say, well, it makes my child so much more upset. Really? That's so interesting. A lot of parents will say that makes their kids more upset when they stay, when they stay in their present. And I think they're getting to deeper, older hurts. Yeah. And that that's really, really powerful. Yeah. And I think also often perhaps, at least with my clients, it's often that a sign that they're breaking the cycle because when their kid is used to the like fix me external controls and a lot of parents that come to us are like used to the fear and force model you know so if you don't stop it you are either going to get a spanking or you will get a timeout or you will get something taken away so fear force um and then also a ton of clients are also like habitual fixers right like perfectionists Mm -hmm. like um i fall into all the categories but um 
but yeah, so so it's like this idea that um, that that it's it's okay to step away and and to take a break from doing all of that and um, and to know that it's it's hard, but um, but yeah. yeah, it's worth it. And the rewards part too. I think a lot of times rewards get put in their own category as if they're positive, right? And um, so I'd say like stay. You know, if you don't, if you stop crying, I'll get you the cookie or you know whatever it is, and to like kind of stay away from the rewards because they're you know they're manipulative. They're manipulating the behavior. They're manipulating the feeling. The kid obviously wants the the cookie or whatever it is, but they're not able to process the feelings, so the feelings get shoved down. And then oh, that was what I was going to say earlier is that when the feelings get shoved down, they'll start to exhibit themselves in behaviors. Right. So when you aren't able to process your feelings, then you might become defiant later or you might, you know, become adversarial with your sibling or some other behaviors. So when things get stuck, then we end up with a child who can't, you know, manage their behaviors. Yes, it's so important and uncomfortable in the beginning. Yeah, <laughs> because I because totally I think the kids are you know they're just used to this like this model. It's, I always give the analogy of like imagine if you're like a ballroom dancer and um you know you you like are in tango with people like you put on the costume, you wear this like beautiful red gown and you like have this partner and you're tangoing on the dance floor and then one day your partner just starts like I don't know what's another dance form or like walks off or does like the waltz and you're like, it is going to trigger you to feel lost, abandoned, scared, Mm. all these things. Right. And that's exactly what happens to kids when we decide to like switch it up. Right. So I think you just have to have patience and know that it can be really uncomfortable and, um, and just know that, you know, change takes time. Yeah. Esme said to me when, when I first started listening to her, she's like, aren't you going to fix it? Right. Mm-hmm. And I was like, no, baby, you are. You're fixing it right now. Yes. You're doing it. You're fixing it all. Yes. But it was like so telling. <laughs> yeah. The gift of she intrinsic control is such mm-hmm. a gift to our children. Yeah. And when you're stuck in that external control model and you're looking to switch into an internal intrinsic control model, it's it's hard. But just know that the rewards are massive. Like, yeah. um, what was it? Yeah, last night Stella back to after the whole cornhole whole thing, she came into the kitchen and I had I was ready to like stick to a limit of I'm not going to play cornhole anymore. I'm going to take a break because they were they were um, bickering and I actually had done that a few nights before with Monopoly. Oh yeah, yeah. So it, it's a thing, right? So I'm like, you know what? Um, I'm I'm at my capacity. I'm just gonna we'll, we'll try again tomorrow night. And then same thing happened with cornhole, and she came in and she's just like, Mom, please look, let's have a conversation. She's like, we're learning. We're learning how to have self-control and self-regulation. We're a work in progress. And in the kitchen, she like literally pulled me out of my little like rage fit because she was like, mom, if you don't give us opportunities to practice this, then then we're not going to be able to be successful. And of course, I'm still like, Love her. the idea of pra- the, the, the opportunity to practice is going to be tomorrow because I'm not coming back out tonight. Yeah. I'm making dinner. It's already 730, like blah, blah, blah. And she's like, mom, she just puts her hand on my shoulder. And she's like, mom, I be, just be here with me. Just just take a deep breath. And we can do this. Taryn and I understand and we're ready to try again. And we just need your support to like, we're just building these muscles and you just got to help us. And I was like, holy crap, this is a kid 
who has the strongest will on the planet and has been raised with this work for 10 years and and you could really see it. And then her brother came in and and, um, I was like, you know what, I'm willing to reconsider. um, But, you know, let's talk about what can we do to like, you know, they're like, well, how about we do a win-win, which is like a little peaceful conflict negotiation tool we teach. And they sat there and they said to each other, you know, I feel blank, I want blank. And and then how are we going to work it out so we can both win or both have a great game? And then we had an eight second hug and we went back out, but you could really feel this like she's she gets the idea of she's learning to regulate herself and that I'm not going to fix it. Like, yeah, I wa- I'll walk away because I'm a hothead. and I, I just can't handle it sometimes. And I'm sure there's a still I know there's still a ton of work I could do there, but I love that you can actively see in these kids as they get older. And I see it all the time with my clients, like powerful stuff that comes out that you're like most kids they're not doing that. They're not no. like self-regulating. So, but it takes courage and it takes breaking cycles and it takes uncomfortableness and all that stuff we talked about. Yeah. Yeah. And we're, we're in this for the, the long run. So I think so many people just want to patch things up and it's like, fix it, snuff it out. You know, I think, you know, coming full circle on this subject is like, you know, that's, um, that's not the goal here. You know, we're, we're in, we're doing life with our kids and our family we're not just doing this one day where it's like, just give them the cookie, make it go away. Mm -hmm. So, um, I just would encourage anybody listening just to remind themselves that this is a lifelong thing. This isn't just like, Oh, did it work today? Make it go away type of thing. So yeah. yeah. Yep. And the more you do it, the more you get better at acknowledging all the benefits, right. Instead of just focusing on the hard parts, um, because there are so, so many benefits. All right. Well, Michelle, thank you so much. That was such a good conversation. Tell our listeners where they can find you and um, anything you want um, to leave them with today. Yeah. Um, You can find me on Instagram, Peace and Parenting, and also on Facebook. I actually have a private Facebook group called Peace and Parenting Community, and that's a really good place to ask questions, and we're all in there, like, helping each other and answering. And and then a regular um, Facebook page, too. And I have a podcast, Peace and Parenting. Um, it's all over the place. And I think those are all the places you can find me. Nice. And you wanted to mention that you have a yelling course, right? Yes. Which is, um, our I have listeners little, will eat that up. Yeah, it's a little <laughs> tiny one-hour workshop. It was a workshop I turned into a course that you can just do on your own and have at, um, at your fingertips whenever you want. Um, and it's just how to stop yelling. And it's all based in connection. And then, you know, tools to stay calm in the moment and then ways to take care of ourselves. And we, I use that kind of three-pronged approach to, to combat yelling and shaming behaviors and belittling behaviors or, or getting rid of punishments. It helps with all of those kinds of things. Beautiful. And the price point is really affordable on that, right? $20. Nice. $20. So, yeah, you you should just buy it just to have it. <laughs> yes, huge. But, um, but it'll only be open for a week after the episode yeah. comes out, right? Yep. We'll have it open for a week um, after the airing of this episode and just for your lovely listeners. Awesome. Thank you, Michelle. All right. Well, um, can't wait to connect with you again. Thanks again for being here. Thank you. For links and more information about everything we talked about in today's episode, head to freshstartfamilyonline.com forward slash 70. For more information, go to freshstartfamilyonline.com. Thanks for listening, families. Have a great day.
All right, listeners, that's a wrap. I hope you enjoyed this episode as much as I enjoyed recording it for you. As we wrap up here, don't forget to DM me the word shift or head to freshstartfamilyonline.com forward slash discipline to grab your free discipline quick start learning bundle. You'll get immediate access to download our extensive learning guide where I'll share five ways you can ditch the old school hand-me-down punishment mindset beliefs and thoughts that are causing you to react like a volcano instead of respond like the firm, kind, respectful teacher you are at your core. And then you'll also get immediate access to my on-demand workshop where I'll teach you our three core Fresh Start family strategies that make up a strong, compassionate, disciplined toolkit, as well as my favorite logical consequences that not only work with kids of all ages, but do wonders to unite you with your child and strengthen your relationship, even in your kid's worst moments. So pop on over to Instagram right now and just shoot me a DM with the word shift and I'll send you a personal link to download that bundle right away. Or you can head to freshstartfamilyonline.com forward slash discipline to get access immediately. All right. Thanks for listening and I'll see you inside that free bundle and also inside the next episode.